You know, John, I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. And it, it seems like on a lot of levels, our country is torn apart. Everywhere we look, we have people choosing sides, people saying, I'm Republican or I'm Democrat or I'm for this or I'm against that or Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. It's ridiculous. We've got all of this stuff going on right now. And, you know, it's crazy. When I was writing Without Rival, I remembered a story that you and I read when we were first married, and it seems so far-fetched. It seems so ridiculous. This theory guy, this guy said that he had uh, seen into the spirit realm and that one of the, the angels was telling him that the goal of these principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness and high places, their goal was to divide the entire world into two camps and then cause those two camps to meet on battlefields. You know, I can't, I can't believe you're saying this. Um, I was looking for an opening. We didn't talk about we're this just that beforehand. One. We're just with that one in what, the spirit. What I was going to talk about is the goal of the enemy is to divide people into two different camps. Yeah. Um, and, well, you know, Lisa, when you think about it, a house divided can't stand. Right, absolutely. And countries divided. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not going to be uh, an alien invasion. Sorry, Tom Cruise and Scientology people. That's not going to be the end of the world. I really believe what's going to be the end of the world as we know it is widespread alienation people that are divided, people that hate, whether it's ISIS versus true Islam or Christians versus Islam or Christians versus non-Christians or Republicans and Democrats, there is a division and there is a divisive spirit that is being released throughout this earth right now. And I've never seen it so vehement. I've never seen it so uh, obvious. And yet it seems like people don't realize. They think that people are the problem. They seem to have forgotten we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but well, against principalities and powers. You know, when, <clears throat> when we speak to believers, no believer should stereotype yeah. anyone, classify anyone. Because, you know, even God said in the same family, he said, I will not hold the son accountable for the mm -hmm. sins of the father. And I will not hold the father accountable for the sins of the son. That's in the exact same family. Now what happens, we see the color of somebody's skin, the neighborhood they come from, the job they do, and all of a sudden, we stereotype them. We put them in a classify. Well, we a, don't. A I mean, you say we. I don't no, stereotype no, no, people. We ne yeah, yeah. I'm saying that this is what's happening in this nation, and this is why we're running into some of these extreme problems that we're mentioning, such, such as uh, Orlando and Minnesota and Dallas and Baton Rouge. I mean, it is horrifying to see what is happening in this country in this summer. And I want to say that it really goes back to the root of we as a nation keep pushing God further and further away. And then we wonder, why is this happening to us? You know, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Now, when we are, as a nation keep trying to pull out everything to do with Scripture, everything to do with mentioning, I mean, Lisa, you and I watched a video of a man who does a famous speech for the folding of the flag and for the military 
And they literally dragged this man out after what, because, 28 years of service as a Marine? Because he said one nation under God. Because he yes. said one nation under God, because he used the word God. They, they literally had uh, soldiers planted in there to pull him away. Yeah, a, a vet, and an, dishonor honor, him. an honored veteran Marine. You know, John, you and I, I had a little bit of a, a prophetic meltdown a couple of days ago. I had read in the book of Joel, and I was just, oh, I, to be honest with you, just overwhelmed. And I want to, I just want to read a little bit of. Um, Eugene Peterson's preface of what is happening in our nation. He actually, he says this in the book of Joel, he says, when disaster strikes, and I think we can all be in agreement that disaster has struck when we have uh, one group of people terrified, terrified of the people that are supposed to protect them, and then the protectors terrified, we have a crisis on our hands. We have this country broken right down the middle where uh, we're not hearing statement, statesmen talking about what they would do for this nation. We only hear one side slamming the other side. But this is what the book of Joel prefaces is when disaster strikes, understanding of God is at risk. Unexpected illness, death, national catastrophe, social disruptions, personal loss, plague or epidemic, devastation by flood or drought, turn men and women who haven't given God a thought in years into instant theologians. Rumors fly. God is angry. God is absent. God has abandoned us. You know, God is ineffectual. But here is what it says our task is, the believers, those that are operating as kings and priests. It says, it is the task of the prophetic to stand up at such a moment of catastrophe and clarify who God is and how he acts. If the prophet is good, that is accurate and true, the disaster becomes a lever for prying people's lives loose from their sins and setting them free for God. Hmm, and I powerful. feel like that is where our nation is right now. Why? Like so what you said, we keep pushing God away. When we push God away, why wouldn't fear have preeminence? Why wouldn't hate? Why wouldn't unresolved issues becoming the, the most major defining thing? Why would, why would one segment of our population feel like they are hated and outed by the rest of the segment? And at the same time, you know, John, we were up in Glenwood Springs last weekend, and I was in Starbucks, and I saw a policeman. And I just walked up to him. I put my hand on his arm and I said, you know, I just want you to know there's more people praying for your safety right now than ever before. And he started to cry and he said, I am the father of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I never get up and think that this job was something to hurt people or bully people. And he said, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid. He said, I am being slandered on Facebook. I mean, he's in Colorado. He's like, I'm being attacked and slandered on Facebook. And he said, I used to serve in the Peace Corps. People don't even understand now the kind of risks that we're under. So on one side, we've got the black population feeling at risk. We've got the police population feeling at risk. And the truth is, we're all at risk if we don't turn back to God. Yeah, and you know what? Criticizing, complaining um, is not going to help this situation, not even a little bit. And I hear people, they're complaining about the elections. Oh, well, we don't like either one of the candidates. You know what I say? Quit complaining. Complaining never, ever helps anyone. Because what we've got is what we've got right now for presidential candidates. Let's pick the best of the two that we believe God is leading us. Let's vote according to righteousness, according to their stances on righteous things. And let's see our nation return back to righteousness. Let's start loving and having compassion on every person we see of the opposite race. Let's start combating. The Bible says in Romans, Lisa, 
overcome evil, listen to these words, overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. So be kind, be kind, go out of your way to be kind. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, one time I went out of my way to be kind to a Muslim woman because she was a Muslim woman. And I wanted her to know I wasn't stereotyping her. I wasn't putting her in a class below me because she was a different religion than me. I just wanted her to feel the love of Jesus Christ. And I think that if the whole church, because, you know, what is it? Is it? I can't remember the statistics, but how many people claim to be Christians in the United States? It's staggering. It's like it's like 70, 250 million. It's if, like if, 70 percent, 250 yeah. million out of 330 million. Okay, what if we really start acting like Christians? And Jesus said they'll know each other by their love for one another. What if we really start loving people? Yeah, we're going to have differences of doctrine. We're going to have differences of opinions on certain situations. But is that the reason to divide? Is that you know? Now I will say, if somebody looks at me and says Jesus Christ is not the Son of God, yeah, we've got a reason to divide because he is but the son of God. To kill, but not, not a, a reason, reason to kill, not, not a reason, reason to hate, to... not a reason to cut somebody out, not a reason not to love somebody. You know, I don't care what a person's like in their personal life, what they do, we should love. If we would just learn and look at the missionaries. But love doesn't equal silence. And this is my concern because a lot of the Christians are saying, oh, let's just be loving. Don't, and you know, it feels like John now, we don't dare to say what the truth is. The Christians aren't allowed to say what the truth is about sexual issues. They aren't allowed to say the truth about political issues. They aren't allowed to say the truth about ISIS. They're not allowed to say, we're all afraid to speak the truth. And being silent is not being loving. And I, I mean, my concern is that in all of our being loving, we shut up. And Jesus was loving, but he never stopped speaking Truth. Truth. Right. And that's my concern is a lot of Christians think that being loving is just being quiet. And being quiet has not gotten us in a good no, place. And I, I feel like it's a place right now for us to cry. Well, out. it's it's like I was getting ready to say, you know, if you look at after World War II, you have ministers that went over to, to visit the men that were in uh, jail, the Japanese warlords who were torturing people. But they walked in and said, we just want you to know, we don't approve what you did. We don't condone what you did, but we love you. And Jesus, your creator, loves you. Many of those guys got saved. We're going to see them in heaven. Why? Because we didn't condone what they did. We didn't approve what they did. We showed them that Jesus loves them, and we love them by traveling all the way over there. Well, you know, I... I believe that when we see people walking a certain walk of life that may be not according to what the Bible says or not according to what we would live, we've got to continue to reach out to them. But like you just said, Lisa, speaking the truth in love, we will be able to reach them. And so, um, yeah, we've got a situation in, in, in our in our country where we need to be kind. We need to be loving. We need to reach out to people, but we need to never stop speaking the truth and compromising the truth so that we can have a a unity that is not a true unity at all yeah so we can respect one another and we can focus on what we do agree on you know without uh, causing problems but I, I do think that it it's a shocking um, stats that so many people are thinking that so much of the scripture can be thrown out and it doesn't need yeah. to be talked about anymore but you know John I, I'm excited about talking about where the healing begins you know, we've, we've started, we've talked about the problem, but next podcast, I, you know, I really would love to talk about what are some of the steps that we can take to bring healing when we see this kind of stuff Definitely. going on. You know, Lisa and I are so grateful that you've joined us today, and we just want to encourage you, go to iTunes and review this program if it's really ministering to you. And we love you guys. We'll see you soon.